It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah Health. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Saturday show, everybody. Hope you all are doing well on this Saturday morning. We are live on location once again today. We are up in Woods Cross at Murdoch Chevrolet. I'm Jay Catch, joined as always by Michelle Bodkin. Hi, Michelle. Hi. How are you? I, you know what, doing so well because it's week zero. It is. Yeah, we have games today. Um, now. The caliber of games across the board of of week zero aren't necessarily um, stellar. No, but no. hey, we have college football. It, you know, it's it's better than talking about conference realignment or Cam Rising's knee. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> well, okay. Here's the thing. Um, we can still talk about Cam Rising's knee. Well, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to. It is a storyline. We can still talk conference realignment because the ACC apparently is just waffling every other day on if they want to take Stanford and Cal and SMU? I don't know. But. Well, you know, I mean, it's just, it was the Pac-12 waffling yeah, one way well, or another every sure. other week, and now that's done and over, so someone else it's, has it's to pick up the, the torch. Yeah, yeah, good point, so. good point. Very, 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 very solid point on your, <laughs> on your part on that. But yeah, we have plenty to cover on that. We'll talk about Utah. Uh, they, of course, open up on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. BYU's two days after that against Sam Houston State. Utah State is headed to Iowa Iowa City to take on the Hawkeyes, who have their own storylines in and of itself. But uh, let's kick off today's show before we dive into that, but getting everybody's highlight of the week. I'm actually going to send it right back to the studio and have Sarah kick us off this week. Let's go. Oh, gosh. Um, My highlight, I don't even know. I'm glad to be back working. Like, games are back and going. Sure, yeah. For the Pac-12, which is kind of nice, even though, you know, things... Are looking grim in the future. At least we have today to look forward to. So, um, so that's been kind of nice. Just working a lot of soccer and volleyball, and now football today. So that's probably my highlight. I like that. Well, hey. It's good to be busy. Let's put it that way. And you're right. The long-range prognosis, you know, a little iffy. But nonetheless, fun all the same. Michelle, what do you got this week? Ooh. It's probably got to be a two-way tie between. So last week I went to um, FanFest. Okay, yeah. And it got rained out. Well, okay. Like, so I was at the Bees game that night, and I watched the clouds rolling in. The way they were rolling, I'm like. Yeah, this I, looks bad. I, told my, I was with my daughter. It was Princess Night at the Bees game. So, I, we, so I, I was like, Danny, we gotta, we're going to get food. I didn't like make her freak. She, she would have freaked out had she seen I'm like. Let's go get food. We walk back underneath. We're ordering food, and all of a sudden you just hear the downpour, and people just yeah. scrambling out of their seats. I'm like, okay, we timed it perfectly. But then I'm like, 
Hold up. The Utah Fan Fest yeah. is tonight, too. Yeah. Anyways, continue. So, I mean, I, I'm thinking I'm going to time it so that, like, it's up and going and yeah. it's, like, warm and I'm sure. not, like, the only person yeah. and nothing's going on. And instead, I timed it for exactly when the downpour happened and everything <laughs> got torn down and shut down and everybody <laughs> was inside the south end zone. Uh, but... So I, I had this guy with his two daughters, and he asked if they could take a picture. So whoever you are, like, that, okay. like, made my night. So, so you're a celebrity. We got no, it. No, okay. no, no, it's yes. not. But, like, I mean, it means, it means a lot. It means a lot. So, yeah. I, like, yeah. I haven't seen that picture floating anywhere. So if you are listening, please tag me in that picture. Just because, nice. like, I, like, I love that you think that highly of me, that, that you want me around my your daughters and, and things like that. Uh, the other one probably would be I had a really great interview with Lynn Roberts this I, week I on Crimson had, Corner. I've had a chance to listen to it, but I saw the, the tweet the other yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. So um, you, she had a lot of great things to say. She had some very interesting things to say, especially, I think, about where she gets advice from. And okay. one of them was Coach Witt about recruiting. She's, she's taken some advice from Coach Witt about how to recruit to her program, okay. um, which is absolutely fascinating. But it's awesome that, you know, these coaches are helping each other out both in-house and out-of-house. Uh, she also talked about a bunch of the Pac-12 coaches that were really helpful in helping her diagnose some of the weaknesses uh, in her team. Now, it maybe backfired on <laughs> on all of them a little sure. bit, but, but it's kind of nice that, you know, there isn't like that. There's like the competition there, but like there's not the pettiness of because I think there there's this idea, at least in the women's game, that rising tides lift all ships. Okay. And, yeah. and so, you know, we're proud of being a conference that's really high and good in Pac-12 women's basketball. And, and we want everyone to kind of raise the standards. So uh, I just I, there was some really good stuff. So if you haven't listened to that, I like I'm going to plug it. Please listen to it because uh, I think she's great. I think her team's great. I think they're going to be great, and that's going to be a fun season. But obviously, football first. Well, sure, and that, <laughs> that very, very good point there. But that's awesome. I, like, the thing is, we've had uh, we've had her on with DJ and PK two or three times, and. Okay, I don't mean this in a bad way. DJ and PK are very hard to impress. They've mm-hmm. been around for so long. They've done yeah. this for twenty. They're in their twenty-second year working together now, and they absolutely love her. Yeah, they think she's absolutely awesome. That's why they keep having her back on because she's she both plays along with PK and all mm-hmm. of his hijinks. Yeah, and she also delivers, as you mentioned, good information, good mm-hmm. intel. It's 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 a not, it's a, not an easy balance to strike. Right, but right. She does. Yeah, no, she's really great. That's awesome. So, yeah, check that out. Crimson, Cor- Crimson Corner Podcast, kslsports.com, also mm-hmm. wherever you get your podcast, right? Yep. Yeah, awesome. Uh, highlight of my week real quick is just uh, we're back in, like, the thick of my kids being in sports. My son has his first flag football game today. Uh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like it's going to be, like, hurting cats a little bit because they are, they are young. But my daughter, uh, she is continuing just to absolutely astound me with her, with her cheerleading skills. Like She's like, watch this, and she says something like, what just happened here? So, anyways, it's fun. I'm a, I'm a proud dad. Let's put it that way. Well, I'm, you should be. That's what I live for anymore, it feels like. But nonetheless, fun all the same. Uh, all right, so we got plenty to cover ahead on today's show. We're going to talk a lot of college football. Uh, we're going to get you ready for week zero games. Yeah. And, like, we do need to talk about the – okay, you know what? Let's get to it right now. Let's get to what's the big deal. <laughs> do you know who I am? No, I, I can't say that I do. I don't know how to put this. But I'm kind of a big deal. Really? 
people know me. I'm very happy for you. I'm very important. Uh, I have many leather-bound books, and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. <laughs> All right, so it is week zero, Michelle, and the, the, the funny thing about these week zero games is where these games end up getting broadcast. Mm-hmm. And the joke all week has been that USC, the number six team in the country, they're taking on San Jose State, which actually, of all the games on the slate, out really outside of the Navy-Notre Dame game in Dublin, Ireland, and what I feel like is Ohio and San Diego State, the USC-San Jose State game might be the best in terms of just overall matchup because you have Caleb Williams, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, and then also Siobhan Cordero, who's the preseason Mountain West Offensive Player of the Year as, as their quarterback for the Spartans. The problem is you got to find it on Pac-12 Network. It's not a problem for me. I know, but I'm just saying. <laughs> but yeah, for the, others, the, for others. I'm talking yes. about everybody outside of us <laughs> here in the Western United States. It feels like they're going to be like, hey, I want to watch USC. <laughs> Where can I find that? And they're like, oh. And that's the thing about this is ESPN's primetime game tonight. Do you know who they have on, on the mothership in primetime? Am I going to be really sad? Yes, you are. Oh, no. UMass, New Mexico State. Woof. That is who is on ESPN. Ew. Meanwhile, USC with the reigning Heisman Trophy winner is stuck on the Pac-12 network. I don't know where this all went down, but this is like completely backwards. It does. I mean, that's actually really stunning. I, I guess the only thing I can say is get a better opponent. Some. I, 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 like. <laughs> just Because I was looking at this. I'm like, how in the world did the Pac-12 networks, like, scoop USC away from Fox, ESPN, whoever right, else? Yeah, but the bigger the bigger name brands. Nonetheless, that's kind of what, that's how it's going to shake out, it looks like, today. Now, Obviously, it's fun to have college football back. Uh, I had week three of high school football last night. I got a chance. To, I was calling the Lone Peak Corner Canyon game. A lot of D1 talent on both sides in that game, and mm-hmm. a, a lot of it showed out in big ways as well. But college football is a whole nother deal. It's just mm-hmm. there, there's, a, there's a feeling about it that, hey, fall's getting here. These are athletes that are – we know that college football is becoming more of a professionalized model. Yes. But there's still a lot of the love for the game in college still as well. And that's the thing I think I'm most excited for is we have Navy and uh, Notre Dame flying over to Dublin, Ireland. We're a, we're a Fox Sports affiliate here on the KSL Sports Zone. And in the mornings, the last two mornings, the morning show that leads into DJ and PK, uh-huh. they've been live in Dublin at a pub doing their show. Jealous. I know. I'm with. I'm jealous too. But it's been fun. They've been hyping it up and getting ready for stuff like this. That's kind of the pageantry and the the passion that college football brings. Absolutely. I'm, that's what I'm looking forward to most. What are you looking forward to? Oh yeah, it's it's. I, there is just a feeling that happens when college football yeah. is here. Uh, and it doesn't matter if Utah's playing. It doesn't matter if BYU's playing. Mm-hmm. Utah State, Weber State, like. You just can feel it when it's game day, and especially if there's, like, a big game at home, which uh, Utah has this year. And, yeah. I like, I, it hasn't quite started to trickle through yet, but I think come Monday it's going to be very palpable. Like, there, there's just yeah. going to be this feeling about big-time program is coming to this state to play a big-time game. Okay, I don't mean this to be like a negative on this, but I look at this opener for Utah as maybe one of their best ever because traditionally it's been 
Weber State, mm-hmm. Northern Colorado, mm-hmm. Southern Utah. Like it's been the it's been the FCS game, and okay, it's fun to have the game back, but it's competitive for the first five minutes. Yeah, and then it's like okay, here comes here goes Utah, and they're steamrolling. Florida coming on the other hand to kick off a season on a Thursday night. SEC team, huge history. Obviously, the old ball coach Steve Spurrier, the the whole the whole history that UF brings to the table. Yeah, that you're right. I, it's starting to really. I mean, Hold on. Florida's going to be in Salt Lake City. I know. I know. Well, I, I mean, the SEC rarely travels out of their footprint, and especially the bigger brand yes. SEC teams. Yes. You know, so the fact that Utah got Florida to agree to come out west, like, I am so excited. I am so pumped. I, like, I, I cannot wait for the Florida fans to just kind of check out what we do here. Cause sure. like football out West kind of has a bad rap, but I, yeah. but I think we do it right here in Utah and, and I will, you know, I will happily include like BYU and, and some of the other schools here just because even though like Salt Lake is a bigger city, mm-hmm. it's smaller in comparison to other places. We Correct. don't have a lot of professional teams. And so, you know, some of these games are the biggest ticket in town. Uh, until the Jazz start tipping off, so it it just it's exciting to be able to kind of showcase that. And and again, uh, you know, I'm not trying to say that Utah is like Florida, like <laughs> like or any SEC team. That's its own but thing. Yeah, it's it's its own thing. After having seen it and experiencing it last year, but like there's elements of it that are very very similar. Mm-hmm. It's just it's like it's SEC light. Well, and okay. I can back you up on that because we've had Yogi Roth on our station, I don't know how many times. Mm-hmm. And I have a promo, that I call it an oldie but a goodie, that I bring back around every so often. And he talked about Salt Lake City. He said I, he'd never been to Salt Lake before Utah joined the Pac-12. So this goes back 13 years. Yeah. But he said in his time covering uh, Utah and obviously them being in the Pac-12, he said Salt Lake City is what I consider to be SEC quality in terms of its passion for college football. He says, mm-hmm. you guys, and he's speaking generally, he, he included everybody in the state. You guys are in the middle of, he said, I think he said like the middle of March, and you're talking about quarterback battles. Meanwhile, the rest of the country's talking NBA, and we still talk NBA and whatnot, yeah. but we, we're so hyper-focused on our local football. college teams, because we don't have an NFL team here. Mm-hmm. The closest NFL teams are Denver and Las Vegas. Now. Right. So it, it opens up a huge passion that I think our fans in general in this state buy into. Yeah, it's fun to have Florida coming here. BYU, yeah, I know that Sam Houston State's not a headliner, but the fact that the the, the season opener is here, mm-hmm. it changes the whole feeling because oh, you've gone for nine months without football, and PK and I were talking about this earlier this week. The college football season really lasts for about three months. Like, oh, it, it's blink and you'll miss it. Yeah. Like, and it's, I remember last year, it kind of, like, the first month of it kind of feels like it goes by sort of slow you're like okay like you're wow wow we bit, yeah. we we finally got through four games <laughs> and then the last two months just goes by like that and it's like oh cool okay we're done now <laughs> it does. We're, we're thinking postseason and then we are done 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 for the year Sure, and that that's the thing about this. is it, It's why it's so fun because it, it is so finite, the period that you get to watch it and embrace it and cheer on your favorite teams, whether it's the Utes, the Cougars, the Aggies, Wildcats, whatever you happen to – who you happen to root for. That's the best part about it. But at the same time, it just it, – it's, it's – uh, 
I don't know. It's a really pivotal time as well right now because mm-hmm. we're going to see everything change next year. Mm-hmm. Cultural playoff expands. Utah joins the Big 12 mm-hmm. along with the other four corner schools, which I, I use that term even though I don't necessarily like it. It's just it's more it's easier than having to spit out every single team. Colorado, Arizona, yeah. say Arizona, and Utah. Yeah, 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 I get that. But there, there's a lot of change on the horizon. Yes. But at the same time, this season in and of itself, because every season's got its own unique characteristics to mm-hmm. it. But it feels like this one, and I, that's kind of what I want to ask the next thing for you, is because you're covering Utah, so you're, you're pretty focused here on the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. It looks like on paper this could be a banner year for this conference, oh, yeah. even though it's in its like final year. I know. Isn't that ironic? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's so ironic. I, I just... I, <laughs> Like part of me wants to cry about that, and a part of me want like kind of do, yeah. And a part of me kind of chuckles about that because yeah. it's like again we talk about things being the most Pac-12 thing ever. Like <laughs> that is the most Pac-12 thing ever. Yeah. Hey, we finally kind of got it together, and like our football is looking <laughs> really good. But uh, we're also done after this year. Like we're we're, close, we're, we're closing we're, up. Shop. Yeah, we're closing up shop. We'll never be this good again. I don't know, but <laughs> it's a, it's a it's a wild thing to think about. But I like. Again, and this is obviously looking on paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see once the games are actually played because thing, things could change. Sure. There, there are instances where teams look like they're going to be so good and then they end up not being good Correct. or teams don't look good and then they end up being really good. But I think between everything that's kind of gone on and happened, I think there's a lot of hurt feelings throughout the conference between people. Uh, I think... There's obviously the storyline of, you know, Utah's won it the last couple of times, so they have a big target on their back. Sure. Uh, you know, they're the team to beat right now. Utah, on the other hand, I know would love nothing more than to be the only team in the history of the Pac-12 to, to win it three times yep. and, and maybe even launch themselves into, a, you know, if all things go well maybe slide into one of those four spots in the college football playoff or or have another shot at another New Year's Six Bowl Mm -hmm. and maybe break through and get that win kind of off their back. Uh, So there's just a lot of things kind of going on that really I think could bubble and fester and just make this an incredible, incredible season. And then, of course, we've already kind of touched on it, talked about it, the fact that Utah's opening with two big games. You know, Baylor's a good team too. Uh, you know, Baylor's not a, the typical run of the mill, you know, whatever kind of team that Utah has typically had on their schedule. So to have back-to-back games like that and then go into that Pac-12 schedule that they've got, mm-hmm. I like, and knowing that Utah is most likely going to be a very good team again this year, opens up a whole realm of exciting possibilities at least while while we don't know for sure what the outcome is games haven't kicked yes. off yeah there's that, that, that that's the biggest thing is we we spend so long looking forward to this but once they actually take the field the storylines change mm-hmm. because the actual action is happening and you have to kind of reformat of what you think was going to happen versus what the actual reality is and that'll be the fun part about it but the other thing about this and there's one thought i've had about this and i'm going to run this by you is byu played baylor in 2021 down in waco mm-hmm. it, it was it, might have been about a month after the official invitation was extended to BYU to join the conference. And Baylor is obviously going to be a conference mate. Mm -hmm. And they were hyping it up saying, okay, BYU, it's a measuring stick game for this is what they're going to be going up against on a week-in and week-out basis. 
I've got the same thought. This is exactly kind of what Utah is going to be facing. They're going to Baylor, and I know that we're looking beyond what this coming week has with Florida. Yeah. But at the same time, you got to be if you're Baylor, you're like, all right, we got we introduced BYU to the Big Twelve brand of football, yep. and then we get two years later, we're doing the exact same thing with Utah potentially here. Yeah. And it's going to be very interesting because you're right. The the hype for Utah, that's the fun part, is you have two really big games. You're starting out the season with a bang. I mean, you're 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 off and rolling. Now, you go out and lose one or two of those games. Yeah, may it totally changes the narrative. Sure. Um, totally changes the narrative and, and the feelings. Obviously, we saw last year Utah can recover from that yes. and, and be just yeah. fine, but it does change the tone at least early on in the season if, if you lose one or two of those games. Now, I want to ask you on this. In terms of looking ahead to Thursday night, because it's game week. Utah's mm-hmm. already in game prep mode. They've been doing that. They're operating as such. Uh, we saw the depth chart pop up. Yes. Cam Rising, clearly the starter. Yeah. Bryson Barnes, number two, though. Uh-huh. So I, I think that ends any debate about, okay, is it Nate Johnson, is it Bryson Barnes? Now. Does it, though? We have had, yes. Uh, that's the other thing. It was brought up on social media. Well, Kyle threw a curveball at, at us with Washington State last year, obviously, with Cam Rising's warm-up. And all of a sudden, you know, Bryson, you're going. Get in there. Well, and. Uh- and here's an interesting thought. Yeah. I'm not saying that it's true one way or another, mm-hmm. but what if it's just that Bryson's number two? Well, that that's a great point. Like, what, and, he's and, clearly, and they're not going to list Nate Johnson unless yeah. he has to be number one. They clear, they, like he he is the number two guy. Like that's just what it, he is. It, yeah, it it could be. Sure, it could be. Now, uh, also depth chart wise, because this came out, and I, trust me, we all we all were like. Yeah, okay, run, scanning through it. Okay, a <laughs> couple of points I wanted to talk about. Okay, let's uh, hear it. Spencer Fano, mm-hmm. true freshman, starting yep. at left tackle. Yep. His first college experience is, is, is even 18. I remember how old he is, but he is going up against an SEC defense. Yeah. Okay, and there were people out there like, well, why are they throwing? I mean, here's the thing. I watched that kid in high school. Mm-hmm. I was absolutely floored at his skill. He's just so fluid. He understands the game at a deeper level than most freshmen do. I'm really impressed that he is the starting left tackle. Your thought? Yeah. I, I mean, it's incredibly impressive. I think I saw a stat that this is the first time Utah is starting a freshman for game one since 2020. Okay. So, you know, it's not something that happens very often. Mm-hmm. And if I believe also that, that like it's maybe only happened twice at the tackle position. Okay. Like, so, I mean, no, they don't, they don't typically throw a freshman to the fire. Yeah. Now, you know, I like, cause fans do what fans are going to do. Right. They, they worry and they pick apart. Well, does that mean that nobody else was good? No. Like this offensive line unit is really good for Utah. They could probably come up with, four or five, I think, different lineups sure. with the guys that they have, mix and match however they want. What this says, though, is that this is the best five combo in their minds, at least in practice. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that translates to games. It could be different, and, and the good news is they have other people they feel confident in. If it doesn't work out, they can plug someone else in, and it, it probably will be fine. It probably will be fine. Uh, I don't I don't. I don't think there's any reason to worry or fret, but the fact of the matter is Kyle and company has been doing this for so long. They would not put Spencer in this position if they did not feel confident that he could do it. And they've clearly been seeing things in practice that indicate that he is more than ready for this role. 
Now, other thing I noticed on that, because I'm really impressed with that, Sato Olaume will be over on the on the right side, and I think that's a really nice pair of bookend tackles. And you mentioned the offensive line. I got no problem with Jim Harding. Anything yeah. he, I feel like he says, I'm going to go with that. I'm like, okay, you've got a track record of putting out pretty good offensive yeah. line play. So I, I'm looking at that. Now, defensively, I was very impressed that Keanu Tanuvasa is starting over Samote Peppa. Mm-hmm. Your thought on that one? You know what? Keanu has worked his butt off. Mm-hmm. Like, that that has been the report out of camp. Keanu has done everything he possibly can to get ready, be prepared, and be able to take that position. Now, there's also some question about, there's been some reporting that the defensive line is a little banged up as well. Uh, so, you know, there there is some question there as to, you know, is Samote maybe one of those players that's banged up and he would otherwise be in the 2D? Sure, yeah. But the other part of it is, uh, and I've seen this pointed out a couple of times, is the two deep doesn't mean as much on the defensive line for Utah as it does, They're you rotating. know, other positions and yeah. stuff because they are constantly rotating guys through. And they have come out and said that they have a group that they feel like they can kind of rotate through and keep it fresh and keep keep everybody hopefully healthy and, sure. and ready to go. So, uh, you know, but regardless, it doesn't change the fact that Keanu has put in the work. Like he has put in the work to be ready and to be one of those guys that can be in that rotation, regardless of whether he's the one, the two, the three. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter because, again, they they just rotate through guys. Now, when it comes to – this defense is expected to be one of the best that Kyle's ever – Kyle Whittingham mm-hmm. and Morgan Scali have ever fielded. And that's got to tell you something I feel like in terms of if a guy like Keanu Tanovasa can beat out a guy like Simote Peppa because Peppa to me – I love the kid. I think he's absolutely phenomenal. Oh, he had some great moments yeah. last year. And the nice part is you also have Junior Tafuna, who is also just an absolute stud. He's just an absolute rock in the middle of that defense. But then looking at the linebacking core, I'm, just, I'm stunned at the depth they've got. Karene Reed, Lavani Damuni, uh, Lander Barton are your starters. But then mm-hmm. you have Josh Calvert, Sione Fotu on this, Justin Medlock. And it feels like, to me, they could have gone three or four more guys. If they want to do like a three deep, they easily no. could have done that linebacker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I talked with Colton Swan, and I was like, "I, you have guy, enough guys, I think, that you could do even a four-backer set. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, yeah, I, I mean, if, if the offense that we're playing against calls for it, yeah, we can, we can easily do that. Like, we have guys. We have guys that we feel confident in. I think one of the more interesting ones to me is that Josh Calvert has worked his way up the yeah, roster. He's been buried. He's been buried for a little yeah. while, and I know some of that's been a health thing as well. Uh, but it's nice to see that he's finally healthy and maybe in a place where he can contribute. And then, of course, you have Sione Fotu that uh, played, I believe he played in 2020, if I'm remembering correctly, okay. and then went on the mission, showed really well in that shorn season, uh, but has been gone for a little while. I believe he was back here last year. Uh, had to kind of knock some rust off and, and get back into things, but it looks like you know he's in a place where he's ready to contribute, and so it's going to be really exciting to see someone like him back out on the field again. Uh, no doubt about that. Okay, a couple, just two other quick notes I had, for just chart wise, I wanted to run by you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jaquinn and Jackson, number one running back. I was actually really impressed there was not like four oars. Between I know, all these I know, right? Yeah, they, that's they, a little out of character. They listed Mike <laughs> McKay Bernard as the backup, but then. We're not even mentioning Chris Curry. We're not mentioning Jalen Clover. I was stunned that it was a clearly delineated starter backup. Uh huh. 
Yeah, I, I mean, that's not typically how Utah has rolled, I mm-hmm. think, in situations like that. But I think that probably really just indicates where Jaquindon's at, the work he's put in, yeah. and even Makai, too. Uh, but but don't for a second think that you're not going to see some of these other guys. Like, they're, again, this is another yeah. position group that's rolling deep. And I think, you know, this this depth chart just would have been way too long if they had listed all the ors <laughs> with every position well, okay. group. Here's the thing. We had BYU a couple years ago list, like, the Frodo position. And their, like, they, had, they, were, like, they had, like, 17 defensive positions. I remember looking at that depth chart, and I'm like, what in the world well, just what happened? What is this? I remember asking them, like, why just like, well, we want to make sure you guys had everything covered with regards to our personnel packages. I'm like, coach, no offense. The lay fan and even me as a media member, I don't know what a Frodo is in your defense. <laughs> A hairy little hobbit. Yeah, that's what yeah it but is. they had it said Frodo, F R O D O. I'm like Frodo. They had like and they like they had those different names. I'm like, okay. Here's the thing. Unless you're gonna be sitting next to me and telling me, uh, yeah. okay, whispering Fro- in my ear, the Frodo package. Samwise Gamgee sitting next to me, I'm like, hey, Frodo's <laughs> in there. Like, okay. So I'm actually okay with them being a little like little more concise. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. Here's how it because you easily yeah you could extend that out. Okay. Real quick, one more one on this. Uh, Brant Keithy. Mm-hmm. Listed as a starting tight end. There's been question of his availability. What are you hearing on that front? Don't expect him. Okay. For Florida. Got it. Don't, right. Fair yeah. enough. Super easy. <laughs> Super easy. But he is when he's when he is cleared. He, mm-hmm. Easy. He's the I, guy. I was told three to four games in. Okay. Well, and that. Here's the thing. That could be the Cam Rising situation as well. We don't know yet on both we, those players. We don't know yet, but I will I will throw out the Cam Rising situation is sounding a lot more positive 24 hours okay. later than it did initially early on. Sweet. Well, hey, that's good so to hear. So we'll see. Hey. Not cleared yet, but we will see. Michelle is the Utah insider for a reason, folks. Let's let's be very clear about that. Yeah. All right. Uh, we will take a time. We'll come back on the other side talk some more football. I want to talk a little more on BYU side of things real quick. Uh, first, we're going to be joined, though, by Lindsay here. We're here at Murdoch's Chevrolet up in Woods Cross. Back here. We were here two weeks ago, Lindsay, and uh, I didn't. I walked in, and there's a really cool sign outside that says 97 years, obviously. And Murdoch's have been in business for a really, really long time. You guys are celebrating big time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely we are. And part of that celebration is we've got uh, over 12 new Silverados on our lot. You can get up to $7,000 off on the half tons. Wow, okay. We've got uh, several HDs out there. We've even got uh, box work trucks, um, work trucks with uh, service bodies uh-huh. on the back. And uh, So no matter what you want, you got options. Absolutely. Yeah, we actually have over a, a 100, probably pushing 150 used cars as well with trucks, so. Okay, so we, I remember talking to you a couple of weeks ago about the used car deal. How, is the market still strong on that? How are things looking used cars-wise right now? Market's still very strong. Um, you can bring in trades. We, we pay um, good value on the trades. You can actually take a look at uh, almost anything. Sure, yeah. yeah as far we're as what options, we've got yes. here. Yeah, we've got, uh, we've got some pretty high-end used cars, and... We've got a lot of those cars that kind of fits the niche with that fifteen twenty five thousand dollars range as well. Now, uh, of course, Chevrolet and All American brand. We all know this. Uh, in terms of what what has been the hottest like model in the Chevrolet run right now? Like, do you have you guys have one that's like going out the door faster than those? Because you mentioned the Silverados. Like, uh, yeah, some... Silverados is always I, I guess as they say the golden calf yeah, of sure. Chevy. Yeah, but uh, the new Chevy Trax okay. is just we. I don't think we've ever had one that has hit the. The I, lot that hasn't been sold. Got it. It's already it's already 
already been spoken sold. for. Yeah, spoken yeah. for, and and we've got a bunch coming in. The Trailblazer is one that the, the tracks is going to probably take over, but the Trailblazer has been a, extremely popular as well. Now, obviously, uh, people can stop in. You're here all day. How long are you guys open for today on, on We're Saturday? Open till eight. Yeah, so you got options. Yeah. You can come in and check it out. Talk to Lindsay. Talk to the entire staff here. It's great. It's hard. It's hard to miss this place. Also, by the way, absolutely. Like I, I look. It's the, the address officially is twenty seven twenty three seventy five South six twenty five West in Woods Cross. Here's the thing. Get off the 2300 South Exit. 2600. 2600 South yeah. Exit. Hang a left. It's right here. Yep. You can't miss it. It's right off I-15. Stop by. We'll talk with you as the show progresses. All right, Lindsay? All right. Thank you. All right. More in a moment. Uh, we are live once again here at Murdoch Chevrolet and Woods Cross. Stop on by. Pick up some jazz gear. Get some candy. Say hi to Michelle because apparently she's a celebrity having people taking pictures with her. Hey, you know what? We'll, we'll take care of you. More in a moment. This is the Saturday show on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor... You'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to the Saturday show here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Saturday show live on location today in Woods Cross. Just has a listener take some uh, jazz swag uh, out the door with him. But appreciate all you stopping by. Come by and check it out. Uh, $7,000 off Chevy Silverados. That's that's not nothing. Let's put it that way. That's a pretty yeah, significant. That's, that's a good chunk of change. Absolutely. So stop on by. I'd love to see you guys. Uh, you can get some candy as well if you got your kiddos with you. No matter where you're at on this Saturday, we're just off the freeway in Woods cross stop on by we'd love to see you guys and say hello all right michelle let's dive back in and talk some more football now uh with regards to the uh, week zero slate uh mm-hmm. here's the thing i i love the overseas idea like uh, playing in dublin for notre dame and uh navy i actually if, if you're gonna play week zero i think you should do more stuff like this yeah send teams abroad now we had arizona i think play in australia not too long ago maybe five or six years ago cal also did yeah, that yeah cal did because uh, the pac-12 had a little run where they where they were trying to send australia i would if you're gonna if you're gonna play one of these games where these uh, it gets a novelty where you're not playing the full slate of games not week one it's still week zero mm-hmm. if i was the ncaa i'd essentially tell them hey like find something unique about this game go yeah. somewhere like for like Dublin, for example, like mm-hmm. play somewhere unique or play in an like an iconic venue that maybe doesn't have college football all the time. I right. just 
try and spice it up a little bit rather than, hey, we're playing UMass in New Mexico State and Las Cruces, New Mexico at 5 o'clock Mountain Time on ESPN. Yeah, big yawn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what always made me so kind of sad about the Australia thing with the Pac-12? Why did you never ask you? Because that was like at the height of when yeah. they had like Tom Hackett, sure, uh, yeah. Mitch Wisnowski. Like, bring them to Australia. Yeah, yeah. Well, like it, it, they're freaking superstars here. Like, bring them to their homeland and let them kick the pigskin yeah, yeah. or kick the bacon. That's the what bacon. it was. Make kick the bacon. Tom. Yeah, that's the greatest <laughs> thing he has ever said. Probably <laughs> Tom said a lot of good things in his in his media career, but kick the bacon made me. I just was rolling listening to that one because you're right it, it's like why wouldn't you take advantage of that because there's the whole thing with right now on the BYU side of things with the Big 12 they want to make mm-hmm. that push into Mexico right you got to guarantee BYU is over there just raising their hands saying yep yep me, we'll me, do me, it me, 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 they me. have they there's north of 1 million members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Mexico it's the largest population base of members outside of the, the United States in the entire world like you have missionaries all over that country right and members why wouldn't you say, yeah, we'll play Mexico City, we'll go to Monterey, we'll do all this stuff? Because it, it gives you a, a built-in, I guess, I don't want to say fan base, but a, a built-in hook to get people to come out to those games. You know what's going to happen? Utah-BYU in Mexico. I'm totally okay with that. I'm not going to lie. Let's... <laughs> I need a brush now, brush up on my uh, passport Now, first. The, now, the biggest thing is that they, they've said that the, right now it's going to be mainly basketball are going to be the, the actual in-season contests uh, in Mexico City. They want to open a bowl game in Monterey, though. Right, right. Which, hey, if you can get uh, – but here's the thing. If that bowl game gets off the ground, who's to say you don't send a regular season football game down there at some point? I mean, why not? Why not? Like, I mean, we've talked about this before. I, it's going it's going to end up being the biggest rivalry in, oh, yeah. in the Big Twelve. <laughs> it it is. Yeah, it, uh, you know. Sorry, to, Farmageddon. Like it's not. Uh, yeah, y'all just have no idea what you're in for, and it terrifies me a little. Like I've said, I'm not super thrilled and excited about this, but sure. I I but. From a purely like marketing and branding standpoint, like it's it's perfect. Yeah, it is perfect. From a having to live with people standpoint, maybe not so great. <laughs> sure, but that, that that that's the fun part about this rivalry. It exists literally in everything. That's- oh my gosh! Yeah, see, and I'm very much a let's turn it off when we don't we don't need it. Yeah, I, but I, and I get that. But, you know, I know I'm maybe a little bit of a rarity but on that it, end it of it. It stirs up passion. That's the thing about it. Does. It, is that people, it does. People are all in on it at all times. That's the thing about it. Like, it you, is. You can say the most innocuous thing on social media, and if it's in some person's mind on either side of BYU, Utah oh my fans, gosh. like they think you're, you're a, taking a, like a shot at them, off well, you go. Well, I mean, for instance, what Kyle Whittingham said about, oh, yes. like, I mean, how how does that start? Like how it, does that kick a hornet's nest? The, but I mean that's just that's just what this rivalry is. Yeah, and, uh, the, and if you're trying to catch up on that, Kyle Whittingham, he's been a broken record on this, by the way. Yes, this, this is not this is nothing new. new. He has gone on and said that hey, he he sees radical changes, like mm-hmm. radical. He thinks that the super conference era is here and it's coming faster than anybody expects. And Kyle, he's kind of he's the one guy who's been like, I'll I'll say the quiet part out loud. I don't care. Like he, yeah, but. For whatever reason, either people weren't paying attention and it got kicked up this week that he, well, he thinks he's going to blow up. He, 
he does think it's going to blow up. There's a lot of people in the college football world who think it's going to blow up. Yeah. Now, does that mean, and we've talked this on DJ and PK, is it going to be the top 40 teams? Is it the top 50 teams? And does that mean that does Utah and BYU in particular, because obviously those are of interest to us here mm-hmm. in the state, do they make that cut? Do they get inside that field? Is it one? Is it both? Yeah. Is it neither? Is it, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, that, it, there's just a lot to consider here. And at the moment, we don't really know. But And I've been on record as saying this as well, mm-hmm. you know, this this Big Twelve thing, in my opinion, yeah. is very temporary. Okay, it's very very temporary, and and I don't mean that as a slight or to be mean or to be rude. It's just the way things are going. That's what it is. These networks have an idea of what they want, and sure. they're going to cherry pick and move and tweak and take what they want and leave the rest. And so, if you don't think for a second that there isn't some risk that some of the better programs that are currently in the Big 12, mm-hmm. and as of right now, Utah looks to be one of them. We'll see who else emerges. But if you don't think that it's in the back of BYU's mind that, hey, we got to make the most of this opportunity because sure. we don't want to be left out. While Utah's over there sitting and thinking, we got to keep this going because uh, we don't want to fall off and get left out. Mm-hmm. Like, it's on everybody's minds. That, like, I can promise you the people in those back rooms are thinking about this constantly and they are scrambling to try and make sure that Utah, BYU, you know, whoever else, TCU, um, whoever else in that conference is ready to go in case the call-up comes. Now that and that therein lies kind of the debate on on the timing of all this because that was kind of the one thing is like Kyle I, I think the comment was two to three years or so, I, I I don't remember the exact phraseology he used on it but there's a lot of people that are saying well the the media rights deals are set for the next six ish years because that's the 2031s when the Big Twelve deal is up and there's a grant of rights obviously it's been signed by all the members including the incoming they have to sign that here's the thing. Whether it happens two to three years, whether it happens in five or six years in the early 2030s, it's coming. And mm-hmm. to your point, if you're BYU in Utah, yeah, you've got to be playing your best ball. Because here's the thing. Had Big 12 expansion, I'm talking about when BYU got in, had that happened in 2016, mm-hmm. USF probably gets ahead of UCF. Totally. UCF had fallen hard. They went 0-12 one year. And USF was rocking and rolling at that point. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of people saying, okay, the Bulls, okay, they're the ones to go pick up. But it didn't happen. All of a sudden, UCF figured it out. They had Scott Frost. They have a fantastic run as their head coach. They got back winning. USF went into the tank. Mm-hmm. Guess what? When the actual expansion happened, who did they take? They take the Knights. They don't mm-hmm. take the Bulls. That's the concern you've got to have if you're BYU and Utah right now. Is you have to maintain, uh, to your point, BYU's got to take advantage of this. Yep. Utah's got to maintain. Because both, I, I think, have the potential to be right on the edge. Sure, yeah. But, like... They're, they're in talks. They'll, they'll be with teams that are being debated. Yes. And they've got to just be proven that like, we're good Here, Here's the thing. you. Neither one of these teams want to be the debate. Well, may, maybe. Well, yeah. maybe. No, you want people going into that room and being like, no, we we want them. They're coming. You're yeah. coming. Yeah. It's, it's going to be an interesting time. I, and that, but to, back to the point, that's the rivalry that mm-hmm. exists in all yeah. things. And that's what – here's the thing. The Big 12, I'm seeing their fans online. They're like, man, these BYU and Utah fans get after I, it. I know. And I'm we sit, do. We're sitting over here like, 
Yeah, well, yeah welcome to the party. Well, welcome in. <laughs> So, good times. All right, uh, we will take a time out here. We'll come back on the other side. Uh, we'll dig into uh, technical fouls in hour two of the program. we got five minutes off. we got plenty more football to talk as well. Some more to come on the Saturday show right here live from Murdoch Chevrolet in Woods Cross. Stop on by. I'd love to see you guys. More in a moment. This is 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. You're coming from the street with dirty shoes on your feet. That's it, technical foul. If you switch the radio to some modern music show, that's a technical foul. If you touch the thermostat, you'll get hit with a bat. Cause that's a technical foul. You will feel my wrath. That's a technical foul. Personal file, 69, office. He was giving them the business. A technical foul. Welcome back to the Saturday show here on 97.5 FMD KSL Sports Zone live today at, at the Woods Cross Murdoch Chevrolet location. Love for you guys to stop by. We'll talk with Lindsay here in a moment, but it's time now for technical fouls. And uh, we were talking in the break, and Michelle and Sarah both uh, have the same one they picked, and it's it's probably the biggest technical foul of the week. There's no doubt about it. Uh, so, Sarah, I'm going to let you uh, kind of explain uh, what happened here. Um, yeah, so... If you guys didn't know, the Women's World Cup just happened. Spain came out victorious. And in the celebration, there was some um, unsolicited activity between the president of the Spanish Federation and the players. He, like, kissed one of the players on the mouth, like, forced it upon her. And she was not okay with it, did not consent to it. And so it's caused some disciplinary action by FIFA to open a case against him. Um, They ended up suspending him. The most recent news that came out is that he's suspended um, amid the investigation because yesterday he was saying that he refuses to resign. And yeah, it's just so... There's been so much drama surrounding the leaders of this Spanish team going into the World Cup and now like this to add on to it. It's like, come on, dude. Like, what is wrong with people? I just don't get it. Okay, so let me insert also on this. He was he has had calls for his for him to step down. Mm-hmm. And this yes. is the thing about this is the coach had fifteen members of the Spanish national women's Spanish national team essentially say we won't play for this dude. This is over right. a year ago. Three of them ended up playing for this version of La Roja Furia, who won the women's World Cup. So. First time they've ever won it in the women's side of things. Fantastic accomplishment. It's been sullied by all of this. Yes. And this dude, <laughs> I I got no kind words for him. Michelle, what do you what 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 is your take? You know, I like. Yes, I wanted to talk about this because yeah. I like I've talked about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I have gone through exactly this. Okay. Uh, a year ago, I I had someone force themselves upon me. Um. Just kind of heading into sure. the football season. It's something that I am still dealing with now. Sure. And it is very frustrating when you have someone say the things that this guy has said. Well, I'm not stepping down. It, I was just caught up in the moment. Like, BS. Yeah. 
BS. And like driving up here, I was trying to think about like the best way to kind of explain just how ridiculous that argument is. And the two things that I came up with kind of more hypothetical land, but just to like paint the picture of why this just doesn't work is imagine, imagine that Ruth Watkins is still the president up at Utah. Kyle Whittingham and the Utes win the national championship and Ruth Watkins comes up and plants one on coach Witt. Like, can can you imagine the plants one cam rising? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Can can you imagine the outrage over that Uh and how people would say that's unladylike? It's inappropriate. Uh It's this, it's that who does that? The whole referendum, you know, a whole thing. Why is it that she will get chewed out in that instance? Or if I did that, I would get chewed out. Like, I would be laid out. Mm -hmm. But the attitude towards something like this is, well, guys will be guys. He was just just caught up in the moment. No. No. Yeah. Miss miss me with that. (laughs) Again, as someone that has dealt with this and has heard, like, the person that I'm dealing with has made up excuses as well. And, oh, by the way, there are other women as well. So it's yeah. a pattern. It's also a pattern of behavior. Sure. And th- here's the thing, this guy, because he, 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 trust me, he's been had people from all corners of the soccer world and even beyond that, like actual government officials in Spain. Like, okay, dude, get out. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, like, this guy was like, he's like being defiant about it. And I'm like, what are you doing here? Like, it, it, it's <laughs> what so, are we it's doing here? <laughs> so common in these cases, though, unfortunately, yeah, like, from personal experience. Like, there's not, not many more technical fouls. I'm gonna give just a quick one to the 49ers because the Trey Lance gamble is over. Oh man, yeah. Like we, we <laughs> trust me. I'm a Niners fan. I'm I'm jaded as I'll get out about this. He traded away th- three first round picks to move up to number three in the draft and go and get Trey Lance. Uh, it just for them to now ship him off to Dallas for a fourth round pick. Okay. Way to go, guys! Like, but the, you're right. This is the, the fact that Spain is still dealing with, this, and this guy has not gone already. Yeah, is just it, who 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 calls the shots here? This guy should be out on his rear end yeah. on the curb. Should have done that four days ago. Because because if it was opposite, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that person would be gone. Yeah. Anyways, well, uh, we know FIFA's not the most moral organization <laughs> either, so it might sure, but <laughs> it might take a sec before this gets done. And it's just so yeah. frustrating because women's sports, especially women's soccer, has come so far, uh-huh. and then it just reminds you that it still has so much further to go when something like this happens. Well, it's and, ridiculous. And Gianni Infantino, who is the president of FIFA, he's running the, the global organization, got up on a podium down there in Australia and said, well, now is the time for women to prove that they can like like be like a force. And it's like, well, here's your opportunity to do yeah. that. Meanwhile, you guys are just sitting on your hands. Way to other, go. Otherwise, right now, you're basically saying that they're objects and property. Thank yeah. you. You're, it's a, you're a bit complicit in all this. It's, it's a bad situation all the way around. I got, Like I said, I got to hold my tongue a little bit because <laughs> there's other words I want to say about it. This <laughs> I know, should right? happen to this dude. Yeah. Anyways, uh, but we will get back to uh, – there's an actually interesting thing I want to talk about next. It popped up in the college basketball realm, Michelle, okay. this week between BYU and Kansas State with a transfer between the two and mm. Jerome mm-hmm. Tang. I want to play the comments from Jerome Tang about Quez Glover and BYU. I want to expand it out. I'll, I'll explain coming up next. But before we do that, we're going to talk with Lindsay here at the Murdoch uh, Chevrolet here in Woods Cross. And, Lindsay, we were just talking when you were last on about the fact you guys have, you said, 12 uh, Silverados on the lot. That's a, that's a big thing right now is actually having multiple options for people to come and check out. Yeah, not, not only that, but a lot of the used Silverados we have okay. are yeah. actually 
basically new. Oh, sweet. Okay, so. 21, 22s. We actually have a 23 brand new Colorado that's technically used with just a How few does it thousand 23? miles. <laughs> just a few thousand miles. Okay. Right. Someone decided it must have been too small for them or something. Uh-huh. It's a gorgeous truck. We have that. We have um, new Colorados okay. here as well with the new uh, design. Okay. So you can come on in and check that out. And Well, as a guy who once upon a time drove the old S10, the Colorado looks far better than my S10 ever did. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. I think Chevy hit it out of the park with the new design on the on the Colorado. This is just a beautiful truck, absolutely. inside the, and out. Yeah, the, the, the truck. Well, I, I just recently got out of a Chevy. I absolutely love the thing. I, I, in many ways, I still wish I had it in certain circumstances. But they they know what to do with it when it comes to consumers. They they make it so it's it's really really comfortable. But at the same time, your functionality is absolutely incredible inside the car as well. Absolutely. They've done a whole redesign. If you sit, uh, a, a lot of the vehicles that we have, sports cars and stuff, they yeah. call it the cockpit, yes. actually. Yeah. yeah, cockpit, yeah. Yeah. So if you actually sit in there, yeah. everything is just right there, steering wheel, uh-huh. push buttons, everything like that. So it's they, they make it as about as simplified as you can get. Now, you guys are celebrating 97 years with the Murdochs. Uh, what all does that entail for you guys? What all you got going on? Well, right now, as we celebrate that, being 97 years in the business, you can get up to $7,000 on select Silverados, the, the half tons. And part of what we like to do, too, 97 years, we feel that we've done it right. Well, as I say, when you're nearing the century mark, you've done something. Yeah. <laughs> so we do like to like to follow our uh, mission statement that mm-hmm. when you come through these doors, you feel like family, and we, we love to treat people like family. Well, absolutely. Well, we'll continue to talk with you throughout today's show. But the last thing I got for you guys, uh, for you, Ace, in particular, is when it comes to people stopping in here, do they stop by the front desk? Who, who should they talk to when they get here? Well, you should. When, when you pull up, you should. Uh, salesmen will meet you right got at it. the front okay. doors. Yeah. They'll, they'll actually greet you with a warm and friendly smile okay. and ask how they can uh, be of service. And we'll just take you from uh, there to driving off in a new car the old slogan you are the heart of our business right there you go all right we'll talk more with you throughout the rest of the show all right Lindsay. yep all right more in a moment uh hour two of the program underway momentarily right here on 97.5 fm the ksl sports zone Welcome back to the Saturday show here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Hour two of the program underway right now. Michelle Bodkin there, Jake Hatch here as we break down all things. We've been talking a lot of football this morning, obviously, uh, both football and football, I guess we should say from that last segment. Uh, but a lot to talk about on that front. Uh, but, Michelle, the NIL uh, situation continues to kind of evolve out there in the, mm-hmm. in the college sports universe, I guess yeah. is the easiest way to, to say it. And the interesting part about this is there's like this ongoing uh, debate back and forth of, is it ever going to get reined in? Is it ever going to, like, are they ever going to go back to what it was? In many ways, and we're going to play some comments from Jerome Tang, who is the Kansas State basketball coach. It involves a BYU, a former BYU basketball player who transferred to Kansas State, and his comments about the whole situation. We'll get to that in just a minute. But when it comes to the NIL sphere, them saying that it's ever going back, there's not a chance. No. 
the toothpaste is is out of the tube. It's been squeezed out, and you're never putting that back. Oh yeah, no. You you mess with Pandora's box, and you get what you get, and yeah. and that's basically where we're at at the moment with this. Now, is there a possibility to maybe better control it, better regulate it, better potentially? Yeah. Uh, potentially, if everybody gets together and can agree, <laughs> but that's also. They're, they're in and of itself an issue and a problem. Yeah, and see, that's the thing about this is you, you can think that it's going to be controlled, but here's the thing. This is already completely unregulated even when it was under the table. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, if, if you work in this industry, you've heard uh, the tales of poker chips and Bagmen. Uh, uh, tra- driving trails through small towns with various stops where you can go collect your cash and oh, yeah. – um, Come on, I'm trying to like Tennessee had the deal with um, who's that former head coach who's got in big trouble? Got them in big trouble. They legitimately were putting cash in McDonald's oh, bags. Oh, Pruitt, Pruitt, yes, yeah. McDonald's bags filled with cash. They would be like, hey, that that bag over there underneath that tree, that, that pick it up. Yeah, that that's for you. <laughs> what are you doing? Don't don't ask questions and make sure no one's around when you open it. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, you know, fun, funneling money through a church. Um, Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, you know, it's, there are stories out there for sure. And, you know, I have zero doubt that there, there isn't some truth to, to the, it just wouldn't get to you and come up if, if there wasn't some validity to that. So yes, it's yeah. now, I mean, now, yes, now you can openly kind of do these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you put regulations on these things, then we're going to go back to, you know, McDonald's bags under random trees. Uh, it's, it's just, you know, people are always going to try and cheat the system and get around it and, uh-huh. and whatnot. But I think there at least needs to be an effort to get it somewhat under control. Uh, you know, it's I, especially with some of these schools that have better resources. Like I know for a fact um, some of these blue bloods are thinking that they can now go shopping at Utah for for players, and I've heard several stories about well, things B- that other uh, you know Utah's players have been offered. BYU's not the only one. Like yeah, that's the thing about this. exactly. Is, like BYU, I can tell you this much: there's a f- former Cougar who's in the NFL right now who had USC offer him. I, I, I'm not going to say the number, but I, I know the number, and I was like. Wow. It, it was a nice chunk of change. Absolutely. It was, <laughs> it was USC under Lincoln Riley. Like, hey, you want to come join the band? And yeah. he's like, I'm going to the NFL, but thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, you're getting, you're getting these schools that I think are starting to think and figure out, well, we don't have to put the work into developing. We'll go to these other schools that do do that. We'll recruit off other rosters. And, yeah. and it's just, um, I was told about an SEC team that has a whole staff in place <laughs> that all they do is they watch tape on other players and make lists yeah, of people to go approach in the offseason to bolster their roster. 
It's like, kind of what the reality is, though. That's what they're doing. It's it? insane. And, and it, sadly, it feels like it's only going to get worse before it gets better in a way. But the situation, it came close to home this week for BYU basketball. So Quez Glover was a transfer. He actually played both at Florida and Samford. Uh, was a grad transfer uh, from Samford. Came to BYU. He spent essentially the summer here working out with the team. Uh, but then decided to jump back into the portal just about a weekish, week or two ago or something mm-hmm. like that. It was fairly recent. Ends up uh, landing at Kansas State, and there was a whole question of, okay, what in the world happened here? And there were insinuations that BYU's collective, the Royal Blue Collective, and their other collectives that are in play weren't stepping up to the plate and all that type of stuff. Well, Jerome Tang, who is the head coach at Kansas State, where he ultimately landed, uh, and by the way, he's getting a significant amount of money, uh, reports out there, in the hundreds of thousands, crazy number to me, but he uh, spoke to the media about Quez joining the team, but then uh, talked about what exactly from his perspective led Quez to leave BYU, and he insinuates that Mark Pope would agree with this. Here we go. Another guard in Quez Glover. Coach Pope had some comments about NIL perhaps driving him away from BYU. Did you see that the same way? Um. I'm really glad you asked me that question. And uh, first of all, Quez Glover is a terrific basketball player. Played in Florida for two years, Samford. Uh, most of the coaches in that league thought he was right there for player of the year. His senior year, he played hurt early. And then when he came back at the end, averaged almost 20 the last 10 games of the season. He's, he's a competitor. Uh, he can get downhill. He can get by. He can make tough shots. Uh, he's a you know two to one assist to turnover guy, and and so we're excited for his leadership and his ability on the floor, off the court. He's a terrific human being. I mean, y'all are gonna love him. A great smile, very engaging, great eye contact. Uh, I mean, I, I'm excited. Both him and TP are gonna be terrific. Uh, I I believe Coach Pope was sending more of a message to his alumni about the the NIL thing than he was speaking on behalf of who Quez Glover is. But to correct this thing, it's his, his family and him decided to leave because of a lack of trust, not a, not a lack of NIL, right? And these guys, um, these young men are promised things going in, and when they get there, when it's not delivered or they don't see the ability, if, it's, if there's, a, there's a lack of trust in one area, it spreads to all areas. Okay, and so it, it wasn't an NIL movement. It was a trust movement, and uh, he just didn't feel like they could do what they said they were going to do. And uh, I think Coach Pope uh, would be willing to agree to that also. There you go, Jerome Tang. And, okay, Michelle, so on its head, it, trust. Here's the thing. Trust and NIL almost feel like they're interconnected in oh, this circumstance. Totally. Uh, and I think that was his way of getting around – that fact yeah uh, it, it was being able to say the quiet pa- part out loud sure. yeah without telling on himself put, put it on the table yeah okay. exactly so i dug into this this week and uh, here's the thing there was an incident between quez glover and mark pope mm-hmm. and there were things said on both sides and there was a miscommunication at some level i, I don't know where the miscommunication happened but quez glover thought he was promised certain things. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, BYU, from the basketball perspective and also from the NIL side of things, so from the collective side of things, thought it was a different situation. Mm-hmm. There was a miscommunication there. The incident, I think, exacerbated probably what Quez Glover was already considering, saying, you know what, maybe Provo's not my scene. Maybe I need to look somewhere else. And that may have been his... I don't know, his out? His out. The way to be like, you know what, I'm gone. 
He lands at Kansas State. You wish him well. Nothing but the best. But to your point, it feels like, yeah, Jerome Tang is putting out on the table that, yes, we are all skirting the rules, but I'm going to not implicate myself. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm sticking a fork in BYU at the same time. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I Probably realistically, both parties are guilty. Well, I think all parties are guilty in all well, of this at all times. Like, Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean... Don't promise things you're not going to provide, or or, or, or in a contract. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Like get it in writing. Get it in writing. <laughs> like my my dad always tells me, document, document, document. Uh-huh. Like this is not about handshake. Like don't take a page out of the Pac-12. <laughs> there are no gentlemen's agreements. Hey, by the if, way, two year anniversary of the alliance was just the other day. <laughs> we hate alliances here, <laughs> and they are the worst. Uh, but. <laughs> But yeah, don't don't take anything at face value. Mm-hmm. You better have that written down yeah. and signed, and, and witnesses to all the signatures and and blah Get blah a blah. Notary if you, you have to. Yes, yeah. seriously. And then on top of that, you know, on some level with these kids and their parents, and when is enough enough? Well, that's the question. When, when is yeah. enough enough? When when do you get to a point where you just accept that you're in a good spot? Sure, and that that that's the thing you have to balance here is because a lot of this. Let's be honest, a lot of these guys are they're hired guns. They're 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 mercenaries. Mm-hmm. They're going to the highest bidder. Mm-hmm. Now, as I understand it, BYU put a very significant offer out there nil wise for Quez Glover. Like they they were going to take care of him, and. I just the more I kind of think about this is that this is Jerome Tang's way of, as you kind of pointed out, Michelle, of putting it out there, saying the quiet part out loud without actually saying it, and at the same time knowing that BYU is going to be a member of your conference moving forward. Mm-hmm. Essentially, you you wound them in the recruiting sphere because now oh, yeah. Mark Pope has to go out on the recruiting trail with any person out there who has paid attention and have to answer the questions. Okay, this Quez Glover kid, what happened? Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, to to your point, you know, you you look at you know what happened on the other side, you know, did did you see an opportunity and you swooped in? Sure. And, you know, knock that crap off, like knock it off, like stop being a lazy sack of <laughs> and do your own work. Yeah. To recruit these kids and provide nil to them off the bat. Stop shopping off of people's rosters. It's just lazy. It, it is lazy, but the sad part is you have that avenue open to you. Yes. And why? And, and by the way, if you're one of the if you're if you're one of the blue bloods to use that term, if you're one of these top programs and you see good players around the country, why wouldn't you do that? With the current circumstances being what they uh, are, I mean, it, the rules are there ain't no rules. Yeah, but it's the wild west. Yeah, but something needs to be done about that because it's just it. How how does anyone else? Succeed or compete, yeah. or compete, mm-hmm. if their rosters are constantly being shopped because someone else is too lazy to put in the work, but instead they think they can just throw a pile of money at it and problem solved. Well, here's the thing: Hi USC, <laughs> I just that's Alabama, the, yeah, Ohio State. USC's been the most. I feel like in terms of the college football realm, the most out in front of it. If that makes sense, like they, yeah, they've been like the Jordan Addison situation will forever. Bat- well, that won't baffle me. It won't. It'll just bug me. Yeah. This is a kid who wins the Bolitnikoff Award with Pitt, and then because he's got connections to Caleb Williams, and he wants to play in a more high-powered offense or have a bigger platform than 
apparently the Pitt Panthers could offer him in his mind. Well, uh, Lincoln Riley and whoever else he's got working behind the scenes with all that money throws a bag at him and says, hey, come down here to SC. Now, did it work out for Jordan Addison? Yes, he's a draft pick. He's with the Minnesota Vikings. Okay, good for him. But it's just it, that you're right. It, it's just it looks really, really bad because it just looks lazy to mm-hmm. your point. It's like, OK, so you're a coach who wants to just essentially just scoop up. You want to put together an all star team and you let all these other programs do your work for you. And then you're like, all right, you, you, you and you are coming with me. The rest of y'all. Thanks. But no, thanks. Yeah. It just uh, like I said, by all means, get your money. Yeah. By all means, get your money. But like. Also, have a good sense of when is enough. Sure. And, and understand, too, and I know that this was something that was discussed with a Utah player that got, uh, you know, some significant offers from elsewhere, uh-huh. uh, was, yeah, okay, you can go and take that money, and it's going to be extra big money, <laughs> and that's great. Yeah. But you have a legacy here uh-huh. uh, that is kind of unmatched. Uh, so, you know, you can go to this place for a single season, whatever, and have that money. But in the meantime, you wreck whatever you did here. Uh, and so, you know, don't think that you can come back and, and and ask for favors or ask for help. Like, that all goes away. So, mm-hmm. you know, there there is also something to be said for the benefits that you get you know, aren't necessarily monetary either. Sometimes it's future stuff. Sometimes it's networking. It's opportunities at careers and being able to pave a path forward once your career is over because it will end. You're not playing football forever. You're just not. (laughs) No. Uh, You know, and okay, yeah, maybe you get into like broadcast or coaching or, you know, but maybe not. And so, you know, do you want to go and piss off a bunch of people that did everything they could to support you mm-hmm. to go chase a bag and pro and really probably be filler for what whatever team is pursuing you. I mean, really, truly, honestly, like that is something that these kids need to have people around them telling them this. It's not all about money. Like money is nice. Correct. Believe me, money is nice. Yeah, As sure. someone that does not have a lot of money, money is nice. We work but, in an industry where, you know, money's relative. Let's put it that way. But <laughs> yeah. There are other things to be gained uh-huh. and other things that you can benefit from. Don't burn the whole damn bridge down. Correct. For for a single piece of the overall picture. What you th- consider uh, secure the bag, you could burn a, a lot of other bags on the way down. Now, that also adds to the conversation I had about this whole situation with Quez Glover. Both the Crimson Collective and the Royal Blue Collective, the two collectives representing BYU and Utah, they are doing really, really cool stuff, especially Mm -hmm. on the mentorship side of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, here's the deal. They want to connect these athletes. I'm not talking just Utah football and BYU football. I'm talking the entire athletic departments at both universities. They are offering up opportunities to meet with some of the more high-powered alumni, I guess I should say, of their various universities. We're talking people in politics, business, media, on down the list. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're building relationships between these because obviously these mentors, they have incentive because they're alumni of the university. They're probably fans and the like. They want to give back and they want to be tied into athletics. It's a really, really nice thing that is going back and forth here that to your point, if you say, okay, oh, well, this ex-university over here is offering me 500 grand to leave 
BYU or Utah. Well, guess what? You can do that. You can go take that five hundred grand and wish you well, move on. But to your point, the alumni association that you've built here, the the bridges you've built, the mentorship you've received, in many ways, it just it goes right out the window because at that point, that mentor is going to be like. All right, so if I were to hire this guy for my business, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. if they get poached away, they're apparently they're just going to jump. That's the thing you got to as you as you point out. There's a legacy. There's a, a a network you can build in college that literally can benefit you for the rest of life. I know for a fact that Stanford, when they recruit guys, point to what Stanford can do for you forty years down the line, right? As they should, right. Stanford will set you up for life. I've got two very dear friends from my times in college that have both gone on and gotten grad degrees from Stanford. They are going to benefit from those connections literally as long as they're on this planet. Yeah. That's the thing about this. You can, the, the NIL can short-circuit all of that real quick. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, uh, especially I think if you're a player that's doing well here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, you're, you're a god. You're a god for life. You go to an L.A. school, nobody's going to remember you that that one year that you played for a million dollars or whatever sure, it is yeah. that they offered you. You stay here and you do well, you're set for life. Mm-hmm. You are set for life. Like it, that. That's just how Utah, BYU, takes care of their people. Mm-hmm. Like. Because again, we don't have we don't have the pro sport. There isn't any apathy over oh yeah. uh, you, <laughs> what. Uh, the college team is playing this week. Sure. Ugh. Yeah. Well, and that that thing about it is this is a community that it's it's I don't, I don't want to say it's unlike any other because there are communities similar to it. But BYU and Utah and just the state of Utah in itself, we like to take care of our own. Mm-hmm. People who come in from out of state or even if you're from the state, people want to take care of fellow Utahns. Mm-hmm. And that's it's just, it's. I appreciate what the Crimson and the Royal Blue Collective are trying to do here because they're trying to make it more than just, yeah, here's the bag of money. Go go do your thing on the field there for us, son, or it, whatever. It's just they want to make sure that, hey, it's yeah, there's money. There's a financial component to it, but they want to extend that beyond just, okay, yeah, you're a hired mercenary. You're a hired gun. Come in here and do your thing and then wish you well. It, it, it's got to be more. It's got to mean more, I guess is the easiest, easiest mm-hmm. way to say it. You've got to make sure that, hey, Okay, we're helping these guys out, guys or girls out, women out, with financial side of things. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we're setting them up for future. Yeah. Because money's finite. Yeah. Like, it goes away. Well, and especially in your early 20s, like... Yeah, well... Like, I mean, some some kids are really great with that. Others are not. Uh, raising my hand, I would have been really bad with it. I, <laughs> yeah, I, pro- I probably would not have been the best with that either. Uh it's just, you know, and and especially these kids that come from nothing. Sure, and all yeah. of a sudden you have something, there's a high probability you're blown through that pretty fast. Well, it, it, when you yeah, when you don't have it and all of a sudden you get it, you're like, "Hey, so hey, like, I yeah. can buy whatever yeah. I want. Yeah. Not a problem." Uh so yeah, I think I think it's absolutely important to weigh and remember that yeah, you you might get this money here and now, mm-hmm. but that's a very that's temporary part of this thing think about think about the other things that will benefit you down the road and that's not to say like if it's a bad fit for you sure like by all means leave like if if you're not being treated well if there there are circumstances there are circumstances by all means get out of dodge Mm -hmm. like it's fine 
people will understand that. Uh, but don't don't make rash decisions chasing a dollar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that and, and this situation, it just feels like the almighty dollar came uh, to the forefront, and I think it may have affected a few things on all, on all sides. Just, but the NIL sphere, it's a crazy, crazy world out there, and we'll we'll obviously it'll be continue to be a topic in, as long as it's existing in its current format. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, we will t- get to five minutes off coming up next, come up, cover some of the other topics we have not had a chance to get to on today's show. But I wanted to chat real quick with our good friend Lindsay here at the Woods Cross location of Murdoch Chevrolet. And, Lindsay, uh, 97 years in business with the Murdochs. I, are they in, like, the fourth generation now of the family running things here? How, how deep are we into the Murdoch family running this thing? Fourth generation. Yeah, probably I think about uh – we're going on two years. Okay. That the sons yeah. now uh, run it and they're in charge and owners and stuff. So, yeah, we're in the fourth generation. And, and the Murdochs are an institution in this state. But. I, absolutely. I, uh, I I mentioned on an earlier program that I've had the opportunity to travel all over the country yeah. and in different dealerships and stuff. And when I came back, I actually chose This the is Murdochs where you wanted to be, yeah. Luckily, they... Uh, they allowed me to, to work here. <laughs> well, sure, and that's, that's the thing about it. When you have 97 years in business, you, you mentioned it earlier, you've done something right because you don't exist for that long. You don't you don't have that type of a run without doing things the right way in business. Oh, ab- absolutely. I mean, you, you, you talk about the vehicles we have. You talk about celebrating 97 years, but when you look at the foundation that they have that uh, – that they run here yeah. and what they do for families, what they do for the community and stuff. It's just, it, it's impressive. It's amazing. It's just, it's an honor to work for an organization like the Murdochs. Now we're here talking about cars. We got a really cool Z71 sitting behind you here, but you got all kinds of options actually on the lot. You're not having to come in, look at it on a computer screen and order it. You can actually get in the car and drive it today. Oh, absolutely. We got several trim levels on, on the Silverados. We got several trim levels on Traverses, Equinoxes. We've got a, a, lot of vehicles blazers mm-hmm. that are actually here on the lot you don't have to look at computers yeah. <laughs> you don't have to see what you want to be like oh build. i can envision myself yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah we've got them here and love to have you come down and let us show you what we can do for you you said seven thousand dollars off select silverados right now as Correct. well that's awesome some great stuff and also the used car market you said 150 we got close to 150 used cars right Jeez, now okay. we've actually got a back lot that it's we're all... sitting on about 45, 50 cars right now, trying to get through detail. Because, yeah, you just do the multi-point inspections and all that stuff, right? So Awesome stuff. We'll stop on by. Uh, Any of the guys here would be happy to help you out. We'll we'll talk with you one more time before we wrap up shop here. All right, Lindsay? All right, more in a moment. Uh, Five minutes left coming up next. This is the Saturday Show right here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Back to the Saturday show here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. And Sarah, are you just enjoying the fact that you get to play country and there's like not a complaint from your other hosts that don't like country? Yes, it's amazing. We've had a few <laughs> win ticket Wednesdays where we've been giving yeah. away tickets to country yes. artists and it's been like making my life because I'm like, yay, I can finally play country music. 
So pull back the curtain a little bit. Sarah, obviously, she, I, I produce the morning show, and then she does Jake and Ben right afterwards. Yeah. And there are multiple days she'll come in, and she's setting up her show, getting all her bed music done. I'm like, what are you going with today? She's like, I really want to play insert country artist, but I know that Jake will complain about it, Jake Scott. She's <laughs> like, just do it. Why not? It's hey, What's he going to do, break the glass? <laughs> like. It makes me chuckle because they, <laughs> both of them, both Ben and him, like they're kind of like they're just like so out on country. It's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I I'm, I know that you yeah, are necessarily. I'm, I'm with them, yeah. but like it's whatever. It's, it's just, fine. It makes me chuckle. I just it, it's always funny because it's the funny game. Like cause Sarah, when those win ticket Wednesdays have come up, we give away Jason Aldean. Was Jason Aldean not too long ago, Sarah? He yeah, and we gave time. away. Uh, oh my gosh, oh, not Tim Faith, McGraw. Tim McGraw. I was like. Faith Hill. Yeah. That's the first thing that came yeah. to my head. Tim McGraw well, tickets, and I was like, well, "Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fine." Yeah, but that that but so those days, Jake's just <sighs> it was funny. Sigh, yeah. big sigh. <laughs> like oh, okay, <laughs> but nonetheless, fun times all the way around. All right, let's get to five minutes of here and talk about some of the other topics. Let's talk some NFL here, Michelle. Now, uh, the fun part is, I actually saw this last night when I got home from high school football. A lot of hype for Clark Phillips down with uh, the Atlanta Falcons. We like that. Here's the thing. He is a phenomenal football player. The only thing that knocked him down in the draft is the fact that he's not six foot three and 200 pounds. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, not everybody can be six foot three, 200 pounds. So, you know, does this guy have other things that make up for that fact? And Clark is for sure that guy. Yeah. Bring Covey's another one. Sure. Yeah. Like, yeah diminutive player in terms of the actual like body type but their production on the field they play bigger than they are 1000 percent, and and i think nfl teams are starting to pick up on that realize that understand that appreciate that and so yeah they're i think you know we're going to see teams maybe be a little more willing to take a flyer on some of these smaller guys that utah occasionally brings in that don't necessarily fit the measurements because you have guys like Clark Phillips, you have guys like Bryn Covey going out and producing week in and week out. Well, and that's the thing about it also. like You can never have too many, as I like to call them, football players on your team. Like, yeah. Like, they may not uh, fit the ideal measurements, height, weight, whatever, but if they produce, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you want that on your team? Well, and I think the attitude and the leadership sure, and the, too, the yeah. fact that, you know, those two guys are guys that are constantly in the playbook mm-hmm. and they love the game and they live the game oh, and yeah. they eat up the game. Like, and that, that stuff that trickles to everyone else on the team. Culture builders. It, they're culture builders. Yeah. It, yes, that is actually a phenomenal, I think, description of both of them they're they are culture builders yeah and well and that's the thing about this i think a lot of the athletes have come from the state of late i'm thinking of the fred warners of the world i'm thinking dalton kincaid's gonna be that for the buffalo bills it feels like totally uh, i look at uh, oh uh, speaking of the atlanta falcons tyler algier yes like that dude came from relative nothing and now he is a starting caliber running back in the NFL. Now, yes. how does he coexist with Bijan robinson there in atlanta that's gonna be an interesting debate but to your point all those guys were phenomenal football players here, but more importantly, were leaders of their team. Mm-hmm. There are other guys who go, they've got God-given talent that go out there and they're just playing ball and they're collecting big, massive paychecks. But in all honesty, they're just there to collect the bag. Yeah. <laughs> get get the paycheck, yeah. go home. No, though, those are absolutely great examples of guys that just make everyone better. Yeah. They just make everyone better. And I think they make... 
the games fun. They make the practices fun mm-hmm. uh, because it is more than just collecting a paycheck. <laughs> yeah. It they they want to be there. They want to get to know their teammates. They they want to bring everybody up. Mm-hmm. Like yes. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, the other thing, so it's the final weekend of the NFL preseason, so there's going to be a lot of cuts uh, happening here in the next few days. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's unfortunate because they go from 90-man rosters to 53-man, so there are Ooh. a lot of dudes going to be out of a job real fast, uh, and that will include guys from the state, the guys' yep. connections. So we'll be tracking that. Obviously, there will be plenty of that coverage. Kyle Ireland, yourself, Mitch Harper on KSLSports.com will be writing up all that stuff. Other big news in the NFL, last night, uh, just two and a half years into his tenure with the San Francisco 49ers after playing like four games it feels like Trey Lance is out with San Francisco uh now I freely admit I am a Niners fan and I just this this is so weird to me you traded three first round picks you mortgaged your like almost immediate future to go out and get this kid and then two and a half years later that you turn around and by the way you did hedge your bet. You took Brock Purdy as mm-hmm. Mr. Irrelevant. He has turned into what appears to be a franchise-caliber type guy. Great. But here's the same thing. Like, Do you really know what you have in Trey Lance? Mm-hmm. Apparently they thought they did because they shipped him off to Dallas for a fourth-round pick. It's. I, I mean, we've talked a lot about this, and I think specifically about Zach Wilson. Sure. It is, when is the NFL going to wise up? with these quarterbacks and understand that especially since it's usually the teams that are not doing so well, that get some of those first picks yeah. that, that picking, you know, a 22, 23 year old guy. Well, in Zach's case, he was only 20. Yeah. I, yeah. I, you know, what, what, what are you doing? What are you doing expecting that guy to come in and instantly fix all your problems? That attitude needs to change. Yeah. There needs to be a level of development and patience and working with, and oh, by the way, maybe not squandering all of your resources mm-hmm. on just the quarterback and giving him an empty cupboard to work with. Yeah. Well, New York Jets. Yeah. Uh, Yo. Um, it just, you're setting these kids up to fail. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, I, every year I can't help but think, who have we missed out on? Because the NFL has very little patience for development and mm-hmm. just expects someone to come in and fix their problems. Well, and that's why i got to give a massive tip of the cap to a guy like Andy Reid. Because he, he took Patrick Mahomes. He knew Patrick Mahomes was going to be – like he saw what Mahomes was, was had the potential to become. Mm-hmm. What does he do, though? He says, hey, Pat, I got this guy named Alex Smith over here. Right. He's going to play first. You're going to sit and learn – and then it was off to the races at that point. Two Super Bowls later, four is it four trips to the Super Bowl or two, three trips to the Super Bowl, two wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and it looks like they're set up to possibly do it again this year. Yeah, they will, and they're, they're going to be in that for the foreseeable future too. So there needs to be more of the Andy Reid model mm-hmm. to your point versus yeah, what the Jets did with Zach saying, "You're the guy, go." Or Trevor Lawrence with the Jacksonville Jaguars, like, yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead. Yeah, we know we're a hot mess, but we expect you to fix this. But, oh, by the way, we're not getting you any receivers. We're not getting you any offensive linemen. Good luck and Godspeed, yeah. kid. And if you can't produce, then you're out in two years. Yeah, uh, crazy stuff. Sam Darnold beating out Trey Lance as the back of San Francisco 49ers. That, so, speaking of a former Jets quarterback who was left for dead. Yeah. Like, 
Uh, it, crazy, crazy times in, in the NFL. All right, a um, couple other things real quick. Uh, Bronny James, obviously horrifying situation oh for him to collapse Terrifying. in practice. Uh, is officially So he's expected to return to the court in, quote, the very near future after suffering cardiac arrest. Apparently the likely cause of that arrest was a congenital heart defect, which was identified after an initial evaluation at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles and then follow-up evaluations at both the Mayo Clinic and the Atlantic Health Morristown Medical Center in New Jersey. So he's been all over the country getting this checked out. Uh, I hope it has the ends all. Uh, what's the terminology? I'm trying to use? The be all end all. I don't know. Whatever. The, it ends up being a positive situation here, where he can mm-hmm. resume his career because his dad has talked openly about he's sticking around the NBA to play with Bronny. Jeez, that is okay. Um, it... <laughs> That, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> LeBron, LeBron wants to set history. He said, I've always wanted to play. I want to be the first father-son duo to play in the NBA. I think he looks at the Ken Griffey Jr. situation. Uh, Him and Ken Griffey Sr. played together for the San Francisco, uh, not the San Francisco 49ers, the Seattle Mariners. If I yes. Uh, and he wants to do that in the NBA. He wants to set another record by doing that. Now, the question is, okay, if he returns in the near future, I don't think he's one and done in this situation anymore at USC. So yeah. LeBron's going to be with the Lakers for at least another year here. How long can he really hold on? Now, LeBron's still playing really, really good basketball. Yeah, It may not be on an every-night basis like it was three or four years ago, but on any given night, that dude, he's the best, one of the best in the world, best of all time. He can give you 50 on any given night. So he will stick around the NBA for however long I think he wants to. Mm-hmm. But I just wonder, is it, is Bronny going to be good enough, soon enough to see that reality happen? But here's the thing. That's ancillary to the fact that it sounds like Bronny's going to be able to resume his playing career. And that that's good because that, that was a terrifying situation. Um, and someone his age should not oh, yeah, be having no. to deal with that. Sure. Uh, so the fact that the prognosis is looking better than it initially did, because I was seeing reports initially that like his career was likely over. Well, and that's the thing. Had they discovered something that was more significant, absolutely. Because heart problems, you don't, you don't, you don't mess with that stuff. No, no, it's it's not worth it. And, and especially, I mean, Bronny, like his family's set because of oh, yeah. what Daddy's done. Yeah. So it, you know, there, there's no need mm-hmm. to risk it now if. It works out that that you can accomplish that goal on your own, sure, with no adverse effects on the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Then, by all means, if you love the game that much, go for it. But don't do anything stupid. Again, don't do anything stupid to chase a dollar, especially a dollar that you don't need. Sure, and that, that's the thing about it is it's, it, there's an opportunity here, obviously, for him to kind of create his own legacy. And that's mm-hmm. the positive news is he's going to be able to resume his playing career because this is a kid who's been born and bred to essentially do this his entire life. And from all accounts, it's not been LeBron James for, LeBron James Sr. because mm-hmm. Bronny is LeBron James Jr. Right. It's not been his dad telling him, you're, you're going you're gonna to play hoop. Bronny's just taking. He loves the game of basketball, mm-hmm. and to have that potentially have like ripped away from you with this situation, it's got to be him thinking like, okay, the fact that I'm able to go back out and do this, I think he's going to appreciate even more than he already did. Totally. totally. I was also going to say he looks What's like there? he's doing pretty good. Did you see sure. him and LeBron walk out at Drake's concert? I, I did not see that. They're like, I, I so he had a big concert in L.A. and to like walk out to the stage he had LeBron and Bronny with him 
and they were having the blast. Right. I mean, that's very different than playing on a, on the, on the court, sure. obviously. Yeah. But I'm like, at least he's out and about, and you know, being social. Yeah, yeah, that that's the positive news. And he was actually spotted, I think, shortly after being released from the hospital. He was only in the hospital for, I think, it was like. Is it forty-eight hours? Even it wasn't that long. Like, okay. Uh-huh. So he was he was in and out, and that there was other people saying that the fact that he was out of the ICU and everything, and, out, and released from the hospital relatively quickly, that's actually was a positive sign. I'm. I mean, you would hope so. Yeah. So, but then he was <laughs> spotted. Hope. Like a, I, I think somebody said he was spotted at a LA eatery with his dad that very night or whatever. Okay. So it, it, he's not hiding from the world. Yeah. Like he easily could have curled up in a ball, sat in the family compound, and been like, nope. We're, yeah. we're doing. No, th- we're we're hiding out for a minute. But he's playing for USC. Who knows if he played? How soon he plays this season? That, that's the thing about this. And by the way, this is the second straight year that USC has had an athlete go down with a heart con- issue. Right. Yeah. I I found that very interesting. Like, so what's in the water in LA <laughs> that's like causing this? Like, that's a little scary. Yeah. Twi- twice in a two year span. Ugh. Yeah, crazy, crazy scenes. But uh, I, the positive news is it sounds like he is going to make a full recovery. And I, as soon as he takes the court again, I'm sure it will be like must-see TV. Like, and it, it was already going to be that because yeah. he's LeBron James Jr. Oh, yeah. Like, no, it's it's going to be a circus. Yeah. It's going to be a circus. Um, and then one other thing real quick, real quick on the high school football. For, I don't know if you saw this last night. Four people were shot during a high school football game last oh night in Choctaw, Oklahoma. Uh, I saw this uh, same last, last night. I saw it pop up, and I'm like, this is horrifying. Uh, so uh, there was a game between Choctaw High School and Dell City High School, and uh, victims were like, – you, if you see the video, it's horrifying because all of a sudden you see players, fans, everybody just rushing. And it, people like were knocked down on the field. It was just oh horrible. Gosh. And uh, as of last night, I think they said that the possible number of shooters was unknown, but the reports of two muzzle flashes seen during the shooting. Uh, there were off-duty police officers. One of them fired his weapon, was not injured. It's just a, it's a it's a terrible thing. Like this is high school football, folks. Like let the kids do their thing. You don't need to bring that type of violence to a game. No, I it. <sighs> I, I there's a whole lot I could say on this sure. that you yeah. know what I I'm going to avoid going quite there but like it's just unnecessary yeah. like it's so unnecessary you know what your gun does not need to go with you everywhere you go like it just doesn't yeah. uh, and and especially to whip it out and start shooting shooting up s- certain areas like areas where people are trying to enjoy their lives mm-hmm. like. Get out of here. The games are where you go to escape from all the other crap in the world. Exactly. It just, that is heartbreaking. Yeah. That That is not what high school football is supposed to be. That's not what any sporting event or concert or even boring things like going <laughs> grocery shopping are sure. supposed to be. Like, you should be able to do those things without being worried about being mowed down. Yep, it just it's sad scenes, obviously, all the way around. Because I'm calling high school football games. I love it. I, I was watching that Lone Peak Corner Canyon game last night. Lone Peak raced out to a huge lead. Uh, sorry, no, Corner Canyon raced out to a huge lead. Lone Peak rallied back. It was a fun football game. To consider something like that being marred by something like this, just just. You know what's sad is I think about it all the time. Well, I think we all kind of have to consider it. That's I think just, I think about it all. The, I'm like, so when when is the day going to come that yeah. like. I end up being locked down in a stadium or an arena. Be no fun. Because some psychopath decides that that's a great place to make a stand. Yeah, it's just one of those crazy, crazy things. But, uh, yeah, so 
you know what? Let's be smarter as all as all of us human beings wise. Like, let's come on now. Like, this is the fun part of what we're doing. Yes. We don't need to bring everything else. In. Whatever. It is what it is. All right. Uh, we'll come back. I want to finish up today's show with a really cool article that you did for KSLSports.com. Oh, thank you. Uh, connections between Utah and, I guess, was it, it pop culture? Like, or just... I, you know, I was just trying to think outside the box okay. a little bit. I think people have this notion of Utah, like the state sure. of Utah, the Got University it. of Utah, even BYU, uh-huh. as being like... Nothing cool, like it's buttoned well, up. Oh, yeah, there, there, like nothing cool happens yeah. there. There's no cool connections there. There, yeah, there's nothing going on there. You're wrong. Yeah, there, you're wrong. There, there's yeah. plenty of stuff that goes on and happens around these parts. We'll get to that next. Seven facts about the Utes <laughs> as we wrap up this Saturday show edition right here on ninety-seven point five FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome back to the Saturday show here on 97.5 FM, DKSL Sports Zone. Michelle Bodkin, Jay Catch, breaking things down live at Murdoch Chevrolet here in Woods Cross. We'd love for you guys to stop by, uh, pick up some jazz gear before we take off. But regardless, come and check out their incredible line of vehicles. We'll talk with Lindsay uh, one more time before we wrap up shop here. But, Michelle, I teased it before we hit the break here. Uh, you did a really cool article for KSLSports.com. Uh, you called it the title, Seven Random Facts to Know About Utah Football. Now, I think some of these are, if you are from Utah, you got some of them. I'm not gonna lie. There were two that I did not know that you pointed. You, you, I, uh, you, you learned me. You, you taught me. <laughs> you know, I learned you. I, I, I can talk. You. I can talk good. I am on the radio, <laughs> but I, I learned some things from this, and so that's the fun part about it. So, uh, a couple of them, real quick. I'll just point out before we wrap up the show. So, you mentioned found fact number one. Utah's the only school with first round picks in both the NBA. Me, only school with first round picks in the NFL and NBA draft in the same year. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive in its own stuff. Obviously, Alex Smith and Andrew Bogut were the number one overall picks in the same year. That's history in its own right. The two that I wanted to point out the most, Kyle Whittingham and Suge Knight. Obviously, Death Row Records, all that hoopla that exists around yeah. there. I did not know this. They were teammates during the, the lockout, the strike season for the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How I, in the world did you put that together? It was actually a fan tweeted it out okay. a couple years ago, and... It was one of those things I was like, there's no way. There's no way. So I went and looked at the roster, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. It, it is real. It's fact. So Marion Hugh Knight Jr. is actually giving He goes by Suge Knight. Crazy. I did, did not know that. Here's the thing. They've both, they both gone on to be kneecap yeah. busters in very different regards. <laughs> very good point. Now, the O.J. Simpson deal, he was almost a youth. Uh, there was a whole situation there. I remember, actually, I've, I've read this story, like, uh, they had an assistant taken back to like San Francisco area to try and get things locked up with Utah, mm-hmm. and then USC swoops in and scoops him away. Mm-hmm. What could have been and the whole other deal had OJ Simpson ended up being a Utah player in the late '60s. Crazy to consider that scenario, considering how things are shaking out there. And then the one other one I want to point out, and this is a great article. I'd encourage you guys to go read this. I did not know this. Alessandra Ambrosio has been to a Utah game. Yes. Explain. Okay, so. 
I I don't know if they are still dating, okay. but she is date. She was dating a Utah alum that is also a model okay. in, in Los Angeles. I've actually met him before. Uh-huh. Um, I know his brother really really well, but so they actually were trying to get her out to a game. Previously, they they were looking at the Oregon game in 2021, okay. uh, and schedules obviously being supermodels didn't work out. Well, it worked out for that USC game, and uh, I, I, all accounts, she had a really, really, really great time. Mm-hmm. Uh, she loves being around people, is what I've been told. Okay. Uh, she was particularly particularly into the tailgate thing, because in, in Brazil, where she's from, like that's a huge deal in, sure. in the soccer culture, okay. in the football culture. So, so, yeah, so she really, really was into it, liked it. I, I'm hoping it... Maybe someday I can like talk to her about that. Like that is something that I've been trying to to work out. But and then I I slid one other little thing. Yeah, there's a little tease in the yeah, end. Yeah, there's of this. a little tease. I'm hoping to uh, have this story better explained. Uh-huh. Uh, but genuine has been to Utah football games before. <laughs> Um, yes, that, that I don't guy. know how you come the, across the, the this pony stuff. stuff the, <laughs> yeah, the pony stuff, the pony song. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying, genuine Alessandro Ambrosio. Like, come so, on. So the the genuine story, yeah. I found out about that actually this past year at the Pac-12 championship game. I okay. hang out. Uh, I was hanging out with a bunch of guys that played in 1994. That 1994 team mm-hmm. that was really good for Utah football, and uh, the the pony came on on. Yeah. The, in the club that we were at and you know i'm sitting back because i'm like i know that this is kind of your era so i'm like i'm waiting for them to like yeah. jam out and like get really into it and one of the guys looks at me and he goes i grew up with him he's been to games i was like wait what <laughs> that was not the response i was expecting to get but i mean the bottom line is you know hang out with people and and you learn things jeez yeah. all right Cool stuff. Uh, by the way, I don't care if you're a Utah, BYU, I don't care what fan. Read this story. It was really fun. Well done by you. Thank you. It was really I, – I, I, trust me, I was like, it's actually a really good idea. Like, I really enjoyed reading that one. Thank so, you. Yeah. So, anyways, good stuff. Check it out, kslsports.com. Uh, fun stuff. All right. Before we go here, let's talk one more time with our good friend Lindsay here at Murdoch Chevrolet here in Woods Cross. And, Lindsay, uh, you and I talked right as we uh, talked right after we talked last time about how you guys go about with your used cars. Um, now, you mentioned you have 150 on the lot here, but you guys go through a rigorous inspection process on this. And it's, it's really simple. It's pass-fail, right? Absolutely. Any any car that uh, one of our corporate buyers purchases or tradings that come in, we'll actually take it through our uh, service department, mm-hmm. go through a very detailed multi-point inspection, and then from there, if the brakes don't pass, they're replaced. If okay. tires don't pass, they're replaced. If anything doesn't pass, it's replaced. On top of that, a U-Cars manager will actually take it, and if there's something that does pass but it's getting close, there's a lot of times he'll override that and replace that as well. I'll just say, hey, we're, we're just fixing that right Yeah, now. so a lot of our used cars are out on the lot, um, especially the newer ones and stuff uh-huh. are basically yeah. brand new. They, well, you, you can just you, you can rest assured that, hey, it's been taken care of. Like, Correct. This, this car, they, the Murdochs, they put the sign still, like, they put their stamp on it. Like, this, this car is going to run well for you. Yeah, and, and it's it, it's it's uh, based on the year and mileage. If sure. it's over 120,000 miles, we still take it through the shop, but yeah. we don't 
Well, you know, it, cars get old. It happens. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. But uh, you guys have been in business here 97 years, obviously, with the Chevrolet brand. That's part about the Murdochs. they got multiple other brands as well, but we're here at the Murdoch Chevrolet location. 97 years in business, and you guys got a really cool deal on Silverado at 1500s in particular. Yes, on select 1500s, you can get up to $7,000 off on a 1500 truck right now. We have um, over a dozen okay. on our lot right now. You can come down all trim levels. Take a look at them. No matter what you're looking inches. for. Yeah. We, we've got it. You can take a look at them. They're here. Mm-hmm. Drive them. Go through them. You don't have to Take it build home with them. you if you know. Yeah. Take it home. Save a fits in the garage. <laughs> That's one we hear all the time. I, I, so. do have a, I do have a brother-in-law who just moved into a new house and found out his truck is it's, – it, I'm not joking. I've seen it with my – I've saw the two and a half inches. Yeah. It's just it, – it's two and a half inches too short. I was like, well, you probably should have, you know, checked that, you know, before you made such – but nonetheless, you yeah. can do all that here. Absolutely, absolutely. You can you can test drive. We we let people uh, take them, mm-hmm. check that out. We let them go show spouses if the sure. spouse isn't here, and they can take it to lunch to you know help with the decision and stuff. We, uh, as our motto says, like to treat people like family, and yeah. so we would do that if you were a family member, and we like to treat people like that as well. So. Well, awesome. You guys are here open until 8 tonight, obviously, Correct. just off the freeway here in Woods Cross. I encourage you guys to stop by. Uh, looking forward to being back up here soon enough to talk with you some more. All right, Lindsay? I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right. We'll do it for the Saturday show for Sarah uh, back in the studio and for Michelle. I'm Jake. Have a great rest of your day. Also, big thanks to Sean as well for being here uh, teching for us. Uh, we'll be back next Saturday. And, by the way, it's going to be game day next Saturday. We're yeah. here. We'll be recapping Utah. We'll be talking about BYU. Utah State will be underway already by the time we're on air next week. Oh, happy day. It's here. So get ready for it. <laughs> Thanks again for tuning in. This has been the Saturday Show here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andreas Martin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.